teaching and preaching. Now, when I teach, I go slower and longer. But that's about the only difference I can think of. I did hear one man say that when, the, when you preach, the first four rows get sprayed. But when you teach, only the first two rows. So uh, maybe that's the difference. But uh, I definitely, however we work it, I do feel like I am in a teaching mode this morning. And uh, I hope what I have to say will be a help to you. I don't have any agenda this week. I don't have anything specific in mind. This is the only message that I felt before I got here for sure that I'd be preaching. And I'm sure glad of that because it, it, it helps today. But I want to begin reading with verse 1 of the book of Luke, chapter 9. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house ye enter into, there abide and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. I'd like for us to pray together. And this is not just a formality that you do at the end of text reading. I really want us to pray. I want us to ask that the Spirit of our God would come down and anoint every heart here today. We need the Lord today, folks. We need God. From the get-go, we need the Lord till the end of this, this uh, life on this earth. We need Him in the middle of our lives. Let's pray together right now. Lord God, You see this sacred time, and I'm asking You, Lord, in the name above every name, for an anointing to rest on this people and on Your servant today. God, we make no bones about it. We must have your presence in our midst in a special way, in a glorious way. Let a spirit of revelation, a spirit of illumination, God, rest in every heart and every mind. We've come distances, Lord. We've set aside many things to be here. God, we need your presence. We need you to break the bread of life. We need you to make us alive to you, to your word, to your ways. We need the hand of your Spirit, God, to rest on us, Lord Jesus, in every service. God, every moment of the day and night, anoint every speaker, God, that graces this pulpit. In Jesus' name, do the work that only you can do. We commit this service and all these services into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you so much. You may be seated. And a little, oh, he's got a mic there. Praise the Lord. God bless you, Brother Kilgore. So good to be with you here 
in Texas. Now, um, read to you the first six verses out of the book of Luke, ninth chapter. I personally believe that uh, this chapter has uh, not received the attention probably that's due it uh, by ourselves, myself in particular. But uh, whether we realize it or not, or whether the disciples on this occasion realized it or not, this was a momentous time. This was a very special time in their life. As I understand Scripture, this was their first evangelistic endeavor. This was the first time that the Lord Jesus had sent them out to teach and to preach. We are not given the time frames. That is, we do not know how long they had walked with Him. We do not know if this was in the first year or second year. It is doubtful that it was in the third year. We don't know uh, what all benefit of the things they had been taught previous to what the first eight chapters tell us. We know that if everything Jesus did were written, John said, I don't really suppose the earth itself could contain the books that should be written. So we do not know just what all they had access to prior to this time, but we do know this was a new occasion for them. And also, aside from the fact that they were being sent out to evangelize, to preach, amen, the gospel. And I don't even know that at that point in their life they really understood what all was entailed in that. I really doubt it quite seriously, except they did understand it meant good news and that the kingdom of God was at hand and that men should repent and that they were to cast out devils. But aside from all of that, the Bible said that on this occasion, when he called them together, it was the twelve, the scripture says he gave them power. And the scripture says he gave them authority. Now, that's easier to read than it is to understand just exactly what took place. We do not know that, uh, how, he, how he accomplished this. We do not know if he laid hands on them, but he gave it to them. We do not know if he breathed on them, but it came from him and went to them. We don't know the mechanics of what it was he did and how he performed this uh, enabling of the Spirit. But he gave them power. Obviously, if he gave them power, it was power they did not have before. And he gave them authority, which is obvious the same. It was authority they did not possess hitherto. So when Jesus did whatever it was he did, they were different than they were before. This was a new thing. I do rather doubt, however, that when he gave them this power and this authority, I really rather doubt that they felt a certain virtue flow into them, personal opinion. I don't feel that they, they probably felt shockwaves. I don't feel like they, they felt they were hooked up to 110 or 220 if they'd even known what it was. Uh, the reason I believe that 
is that most of the time, save for the gift of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when God issues any kind of an anointing or any kind of a gift, the recipient usually is not even aware they've received it. They are aware that they possess it when they need it. When they're called upon to use it. And then it's there. It's not like something they carry around that they feel all the time. I, I, I'm just going to tell you. Now this is, this is Booker's opinion. This and 40 cents will get you coffee in Texas. It won't in California, but it might in Texas. Amen. That uh, uh, when, when we are endued with certain power and gifts of the Spirit, I'm just here to tell you, they're there, they come on the scene, but for the most part, we're not even aware of their presence until the need arises, until the situation is there. And there is a reason for that. We tend to get puffed up rather easily. Amen. There is so much in life, it is so easy for us to get proud of. That the Lord, if need be, will allow a messenger of Satan to come and buffet us to keep us from being vaunted up. Therefore, why let us walk around in a puffed up state? Uh, and usually, when the need arises for a gift from the Lord to be in operation, uh, you really need it. I mean, you really need it. And thank God when it's there. And when it's there... You really needed it. And when it arrives and it is put into operation and, 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 and a, a successful endeavor is made, you know who to give the glory to. Hallelujah. Because a moment before it arrived, you were in a pickle, and now that it's done, you sure are thankful. Praise God. So he endued them with power and authority. They did not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That did not take place until the day of Pentecost. But there was no doubt, amen, upon them there came a presence of the Lord. Again, doubtful that they were aware of it. But notice this also. Job said it well. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And isn't it an interesting thing that when he gave them spiritual blessings, that were new to them. He also took away from them material wherewithal and means to make it. I'm going to give you power and I'm going to give you authority. Now, you give me your billfolds. You give me your purse. You give me your script. In fact, give me your staff. In fact, give me your extra coats. He had what we call a shakedown. Amen. He gave them power and he gave them authority. But while he was giving on the one hand, he was stripping things away from them on the other. Hallelujah. Which makes me wonder. You know, when we really get down to business, and I mean we really get down to business, with God, we need your power, we need your authority, we need your grace. We need your glory beyond anything we've ever known. We're ready to receive. We're ready to have it. We want God to give it. But I wonder if we're just as ready for Him to have a shakedown at the same time He gives us some goodies. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice 
what he took away from them. It was the staples of their existence. No money. I mean, none. Nada. Everything's gone. Hallelujah. You three brethren right here, would you step up here? You look like you've got good spirits. Amen. These three men represent the twelve apostles. Jesus called the twelve aside. Their first endeavor. He's fixing to send them out. He endues them with power. He endues them with authority. And then he says, you got a billfold? Fork it. You got one? Has this got all your credit cards? That's it. No pocket change? You got some? I can hear it jingling, brother. That ain't keys. You do put it in the boot at night when you go to bed? That's what I do. Praise God. So we had a little shakedown. Your brother got, got a nice watch? Oh, two nice ones. You could sell that one, brother. Therefore, we're going to take it. What's that jingling in your pocket, brother? Is that coins? Well, brother, don't hold out on me. Do you understand? Jesus stripped his apostles down. And after he took, now if he were to do it today, he would be taking the billfolds. He would be taking the credit cards. He would be taking the checkbooks. He would be taking the pawnable things. He would be getting into the CDs. He'd be getting into the saving accounts. You boys said you'd follow me. You said you want power. You said you want authority. Well, I'm going. You've got to understand, this is a very crucial time. This was the first time these boys were going out. And he knew the kingdom of God would rest upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, he himself being the chief cornerstone. And the chief cornerstone was in action that day, making sure that the apostles were going to do it right. And he understood, amen, boys, you're either going to do this in the Spirit or you're going to do it with your own wherewithal. I provide the power. I provide the authority. But you must learn to lean on me. Therefore, I'm even taking the staff away. I don't want you to lean on anything but me in this business. You can go your way and preach, brethren. Hallelujah. We'll return these things later. Amen. Now, stop right there. Whoa, whoa. Face the congregation. Where are you going to sleep tonight? Who's going to feed you? What are you going to buy food with? That's a magic feeling we don't know very much about. Who's going to provide for you? Who's going to put shelter over you? 
I'm going to tell you where it's coming. From the gospel that you've got in your hearts. You take care of my gospel and I'll take care of you. You take care of this message and I'll take care of you. Amen. I'm, I'm here to tell you, I've got the way prepared. I've got the rooms prepared. I've got the tables prepared. It's all taken care of. But when you go on this endeavor, you've got to get a crystal clear revelation. You've got to lean on me. You've got to lean on me. You've got to lean on me. Hallelujah. So they went their way, not only like sheaves among sheep among wolves, but broke sheep. Amen. Suddenly made poverty-stricken sheep by their very Lord and Master. Bless you, brethren. You can be seated. Twelve apostles, I'm sending you out now. You've got to get it right. You've got to get a revelation and that right early. It's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain. Amen. Except the Lord watch the city, they watch in vain. Except God is our helper. Except God is the blesser. Except God leads. Except God guides. Except God anoints. Except God directs. Except God is with us. Hallelujah. We can trust in our own selves all day long and we'll come up with what we're able to produce. But somewhere we need to tap in to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I can see them. These men got. Now I'll tell you what he did do. He sent them out by two and two. He gave them two things. He gave them an unction of the Spirit and he gave them fellowship. Two and two he sent them out. Can I tell you? The most precious thing we have. You hear me. Is God in our lives and each other. And everything else, friend, falls way down the totem pole of priority. He gave them power, authority, and he gave them a brother. He knew one could put a thousand, but ah, two walking agreed can put ten thousand to flight. Hallelujah. There's something about the power and authority. It's magnified if you can be with a brother of like precious faith. Amen. That, that's in the same boat, in the same shoes, with the same burden, and the same call, and the same desire. Hallelujah. And I can see them in my mind's eye as they, as they, as they make their way into the city, you know. And, and uh, they go to the market. That's where things happen. Women traded stories and and bought goods and traders traded their wares and bargains were struck and the main activity of the town took place there and they 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 walked into that uh activity going on and and uh simon peter and his brother andrew are together and well what are we <clears throat> what are we going to do andrew well i don't know this is new to them. So, well, let's, let's get a crowd here. I'll get started, okay, Andrew? Sure, Simon. So Simon runs up into the middle and kicks over a few baskets. 
yells, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. We have good news to bring. Everybody listen up. Okay, Andrew, it's all yours. Preach. And so Andrew, you know, he, this is new, folks. He, uh, <clears throat> repent ye. The kingdom of God's at hand. And, uh, in the days of the prophets, God began to speak to his people. And he always had a message. We need to repent. And I'm telling you, since the days of John, there are things, and something starts happening. Amen. There's something kicking in. He didn't even know it was there. And it's, it's feeling pretty good. He just, this is new to me. And, and, and boy, he's, he's getting into it now. And, and he's weaving a message, and he's got it. And, and everybody's attentive. About that time, Simon Peter said, let's have a little tag team preaching here. And he said, I'll take over from here. He's feeling it. And he's preaching along. He's enjoying it. It's good. The unction is on him. And so he's, he's having himself. Now, this is all conjecture. We don't, you don't know that it happened. I don't know that it happened. So we'll hear my story today. Praise God. And so Simon Peter, he's having him a time now. And, and, and the people are listening and, and all is well. And, and all of a sudden, uh, he sees from the crowd, people are shoving forward this man. And he's frothing at the mouth. And, and he's waving. And his eyes are crazy. And he's no doubt demon-possessed. And, and Simon that's okay, Andrew, it's your shot. And, and Andrew, and the man's coming towards him. And, and I, I don't believe he said in the name of Jesus because at the end of the earthly ministry of Jesus, Jesus said, hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. So he just, he just he's coming to him. He says, oh, God, come out. Well, he did, didn't he? Man picks himself up. Oh, that wasn't near as hard as I thought. They bring another, they bring another. And Simon's ready to do business. And so they go on. Amen. Power they did not have previously. Authority they knew nothing about till Jesus gave it. But now the sun is setting and people are going their way and they have no place to eat and someone's coming in from the field and he sees them. He said, I saw you two in a dream last night. You're supposed to come to my house and stay with me as long as you stay in the city. And they go their way saying, The Lord doth provide. The Lord doth provide. The Lord doth provide. I'm going to give you the title. I don't know that titles are even lawful, but they help. They're like a nail. You can hang your hat on them sometimes. Let me give you the title of what I want to talk to us about today. I want to talk to us about the danger. Everybody say the danger. The danger of a brief walk in the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, this salvation and this, this God we serve, this isn't meant to be like these lights that come on on occasion. Nor is our walk in the Spirit to be something that we turn off and on. All right. There is a danger of walking in the Spirit when you feel like it and then resorting 
to the arm of flesh. Jesus knew, boys, if you ever learn it, you must learn it now, in the beginning, that you've got to have me every step of the way. You've got to have me. Amen. When they met with him, he gave them power, he gave them authority. He took away their goods, so there was definitely an element of sacrifice involved in the operation. And he gave them fellowship. So when Jesus started this endeavor, that you have to admit it was totally a work of the Spirit, they had power and authority and sacrifice and they had unity. And all went well. They returned to Jesus. Now, Brother Rousseau, I'm going to ask you to read for me. We're going to stay in Luke chapter 9. They have come back to the Lord. People have ran together hither afoot out of all cities. I believe they were a direct result of the missionary endeavors of the twelve apostles. But read verse 14. For well, they were about 5,000 men. They had gathered around and there was 5,000 men, let alone women and children. And Jesus had taught them now and it was a time that they were hungry. So read what happened. And he said to his disciples. So he said to his disciples. Make them sit down by fifties in a make company. Make them sit down by fifties in companies. There was a divine order with the dealings of the Lord. He knew we can have a mob or we can have some divine order here. I want to feed the people. I want to help the people. I see them as sheep not having a shepherd. I have compassion on the people. And boys, I'm going to show you one of the benefits of walking in the Spirit. You not only have power, and you not only have authority, and you not only have sacrifice, and you not only have unity, amen, but there is a divine order, amen, of walking in the Spirit that gets things done, accomplished. Hallelujah. Read verse 17. And they did eat. And after they had set them down, and he broke the five loaves and the two fishes, amen, they did eat. And were all filled. And were all of them filled. Now we're talking possibly with women and children at least 10 to maybe even 15,000 people. But these men were doing all they did at the bidding of the Lord Jesus. Did they have the wherewithal to feed those people? Not in the least. In fact, in the book of John, Jesus, knowing what he would do, said to the apostles, Give ye them to eat. And they said, Now, Lord, uh, we have got 200 penny worth. And if we go buy bread, what is this among so many? 200 penny worth was 200 days wages. And I'm going to tell you something. 
200 days wages would have fed the multitude. But the scripture says, but that every man would take a little. All they would have got was crumbs. Spreading 200 penny worth among that kind of a crowd, at best, people would have crumbs. If you try to feed the people, boys, out of your own abilities and your own intellect, all that's going to happen is there's going to be some people go away hungry. They'll come and get a man sit in an orderly fashion, but all they're going to get is a few little crumbs. Can I tell you something? That's the reason we don't have... Uh, uh, let, me, let me just tell you what happens in what I call churchianity every Sunday. Men that have gone to, 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 to seminaries, I'm not kicking stuff, but I'm just going to tell you, amen, they have got it in their mind that they have read enough Spurgeon, they have read enough Talmage, they have, they have, they have out of their own intellect and their own ability, they're going to get up and out of their own volition, they're going to feed the people. And I'm going to tell you, the people will go away hungry every time. But if somewhere, somehow, we can take what meager resources we have, amen, to the Master and say, Lord, I'm not much, but if you can bless me, and God, if you can break me, hallelujah, he's got an innate way of taking his people that are malleable in his hand, and he can feed the multitudes. He can feed the multitudes. That's the reason in our churches, I'm going to tell you, amen, for the most part, we leave more crumbs on the floor, amen, than some whole nations have within their borders. We're fed the best. Now looky here, these people saw me come to God 24 years ago, the first night I ever walked in church, my hair was down to here, I didn't have any socks on, I don't think I had any shoes on, my pants were a conglomeration of patches, and when I walked in, the dear people of that church got all their kids and scooted them up real close. I was a hippie deluxe, honey. Amen. And these people fed me. And it worked, as you can tell. Praise God. What a surprise. Hallelujah. But can I tell you? They know better than anybody else. I didn't even have five loaves and two fishes. Folks, hear me. If we're ever anything and we ever do anything as a people, it's going to be because of two commodities. Number one, we've got to be a hungry people for God. And number two, we've got to know how to respond to Him. Hallelujah. If you're hungry and you know how to respond, if you're anything today, if you've got anything today, if God's ever accomplished anything through you, it's because somewhere you got hungry and somewhere you learned to respond. And if we ever lose that, we're finished. You hear me? It's over. I don't care who you are. I don't care your credentials. I don't care your background. I don't care your genealogy. If you ever lose your hunger and you ever lose a desire to respond to the Word of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord, it's over. Amen. These men had divine provision when they let the Lord bless. And they let the Lord break. There's something. The blessings.
of walking in the Spirit. Read verse 20, brother. He said unto them, Now he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? But whom say ye that I am? Read. Peter answering said, The Christ of God. All of a sudden, Peter's looking at him. And he said, You, sir, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Read. And he straightly charged them. And he straightly charged them. And commanded them. Commanded them. To tell no man that thing. Don't tell anybody what you just said. And furthermore, in the other Gospels, he makes mention, he says, Simon, flesh and blood didn't give you that revelation. That was revealed to you by the Spirit. Folks, flesh and blood don't ever give revelations. The Spirit's got to give them. 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 Hallelujah. We can talk until we're purple. But if the Spirit doesn't give that revelation, friend, it's just not going to take. We need the Holy Ghost. We must have the Holy Ghost. We must be in the presence of the Spirit of God. God's got to help us. God's got to lead us. God's got to teach us. God's got to guide us. Hallelujah. When you walk in the Spirit, there is provision. There is order. There is power. There's authority. There's unity. There's sacrifice. And there's revelation. Hallelujah. Let me read to you some familiar verses. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. Everybody say the word flesh. Everybody say it. You know what? It don't even sound good, does it? Everybody say the word spirit. Ooh. Let's say it again. Spirit. Say flesh. It just don't even... Something about the word spirit. Let's see what the flesh produces. Amen. The two are contrary one to another. If you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. When the flesh is allowed to run its course, unfettered, unchecked, unbridled, unrestrained, unmortified, it produces adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings. Brothers and sisters, we don't have enough of the Spirit. You hear me? When these things 
become so apparent. It shows too many people are taking brief excursions in the Spirit. We don't, God doesn't want us just to walk in the Spirit from 10 a.m. to 12 noon on Sunday morning, come back Sunday night, get back in the Spirit, hit it again Wednesday night, get in the Spirit, and the rest of the time just be in the flesh. There is a danger of a brief walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Somewhere, God, this is our life. This is our existence. This is our hope. This is our joy. This is our peace. This is our righteousness. This is our success. This is whether we do good or ill. This is whether the work is accomplished or not. It's got to be a work of the Spirit. We got to be in the Spirit. We got to be people of the Spirit. We got to be people that know the Spirit. We got to be people that pray. We got to be people that worship. We got to be people that glorify God. We got to be a holy people. We got to be a pure people. We got to be a righteous people. We got to be a people that knows the love of God, the truth of God, the ways of God, the goodness of God, the mercies of God, the kindness of God. We've got to be a people of the Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And he goes on. Murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. And to paraphrase, they which do such things, they're never going to inherit the kingdom of God. How can those actions and attitudes inherit, possess for eternity? The kingdom of the Spirit. It can't happen. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everybody say love. Joy. Say it. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Those are sweet words, folks. And I'm going to tell you, they're a byproduct of walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Can I, can I interject something here? You know, we only got five days. When it, I, 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 it troubles me, something doesn't fit. Something doesn't jive. The, the puzzle pieces don't mesh. Why can't people that are supposed to be really used of the Spirit produce the fruit of the Spirit. Why can't you be a nice guy and be used in the gifts of the Spirit? Do you have to be a jerk to be used of God? You know, somewhere the Bible says you shall know them by their fruits. That's written for our admonition. We're the people upon whom the ends of the world have come. Hallelujah. It is refreshing. And thank God we have them. When I do see a man that God used in gifts of healing, amen, various other gifts of the Spirit, that is just got love, joy, peace, goodness, meekness, gentleness, faith. The two go together. Hallelujah. And I said all that to say this. It is possible to tap into the things of the Spirit. 
when it's a profitable thing to do. But there's a danger of taking brief excursions in the Spirit. And then when the limelight's off and the lights are turned down, you don't feel like you need to show Christian brotherhood and verity with one another. There are dangers of taking brief walks in the Spirit. Folks, this needs to be a 24-hour-a-day situation. God expects us to be a true blue Christian from the top of our head to the sole of our feet when we get up in the morning, when we go to bed at night, when we're dealing with our brothers, hallelujah, when we're in the church house, when we're on the job, when we're going down the street. Do you understand? God wants us not to go brief walking. He wants us to tarry in the Spirit. He wants us... What did He go on to say in the book of Galatians? If... We live therefore in the Spirit. Let us walk in the Spirit. Let us walk in the Spirit. Let us walk in the Spirit. As long as the disciples in Luke 9 were under the influence of the Spirit, the mind, the will, they had unity, they had provision, they had order, they had anointing, Hallelujah. They had power. They had authority. They had revelation. Hallelujah. Go to verse 28. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. About an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. Come here, Peter, James, and John. Come on. Andale, mucho. Peter, James, and John, you've been walking with me. There's no flub. I'm going to tell you something. There's 62 verses in Luke chapter 9. The first 31 or one half are glorious. Power, authority, sacrifice, amen, unity, order. Provision. Revelation. And now he's saying, boys, we're gonna we're gonna go on another stroll. We're going up to the top of the mount. There's a benefit of walking in the spirit. You get to see some things and know some things. Just ain't down at the corner drugstore, boys. Read on. And as he prayed. And as he prayed. The fashion of his countenance was altered. The fashion of his countenance was altered. And his raiment was white and glistening. And his raiment became white and glistening. Read. And behold, there talked with him two men. And then two more men showed up. Which were Moses and Elias. And it wasn't just farmers looking for lost donkeys. It was Moses and Elijah. This is not your everyday occurrence. Read. Who appeared in glory. They appeared in glory. And spake of his decease. And spake of his decease. There's some benefits, boys. I know I took away the script. And I know I took away the purse. And I know I took away the money. And I know I took away the staff. But since you've been leaning on me, have you ever seen such power? Have you ever seen such authority? 
Have you ever seen such unity? Have you ever seen such provision? Have you ever had such revelation? Have you ever seen such glory? There's glory.
Step over here. We've come 31 verses. We're halfway there. The ball has never been dropped. It's been a beautiful journey. We don't see the disciples. We see the working of the Spirit. We don't see their personalities. We see the Holy Ghost using them, leading them, guiding them, blessing them, anointing them, providing for them and through them. And now is the first time we see them. Start reading verse 32. But Peter and That's they it. that were but, with him. But, whoa, all was good. But, Peter. Mm -hmm. And there's our problem. Well, Pogo said it right. We have met the enemy and they are us. But, Peter. Oh, Simon. Seems he quit walking in the Spirit. And now we begin to see the appearance of flesh. So read it. But Peter. And they that were with him. And they that were with him. Were heavy with sleep. Brethren, why don't you go ahead and go on down there and go to, go to sleep on the pew. Now, you know, it used to bother me, Brother Kilgore, when I'd be preaching my heart out. And some dear brother, some dear sister would be conked out on me. Until the day I read that verse. And I thought, have mercy if they can go to sleep on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, they'll go to sleep with Larry Booker preaching. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. So they were fast asleep. Now God knows everybody needs sleep. God knows there's a time and a place for everything. There's a season. But honey, on the Mount of Transfiguration is neither the time nor the place. But you know the problem with flesh? You can't reason with it about spiritual things. Its timing isn't right. Its outlook isn't right. Its thinking isn't right. It doesn't make sense. It can be in the midst of glory. Like, who on earth had ever had access to a scene in an episode like that? And what was their flesh doing? But Peter and they that were with him were fast asleep. Read. And when they were awake... And... They woke up. Read. They saw his glory. They saw his glory. And the two men that stood with him. And those two men with him. And it came to pass. Came to pass. As they departed from him. As Moses and Elijah departed. Peter said unto Jesus. Peter said unto Jesus. Master, it is good for us to Master, be here. Master... It is good for us to have been here. Now that's an understatement of the century. Nice place to be. 
Well, we had good church tonight, didn't we? It's good for us to have been here. Read. And let us make three tabernacles. Let us make three tabernacles. Read. One for thee. We'll build one for you even. And one for Moses. One for Moses. And one for Elias. Now, a few verses before, Simon said, Thou art the Christ of God! And Jesus said, Flesh and blood didn't give you that, brother. You got that from the Spirit. Where did he get this revelation? Did the Spirit inspire that statement? It was such an affront to the spirit of the meeting that the voice of God spoke out of the cloud and said, Hey, boy, hear him! You know, when we get in the flesh, we lose our revelation. And can I tell you something? You hear me. Anything, you hear me? Anything with a capital A that has been lost from our movement as a whole or by individual people or churches. It's been lost because people got out of the Spirit and they started getting revelations from the flesh. Because, honey, when the Spirit's working, there's love, joy, peace, righteousness, goodness, temperance, faith, meekness. There's authority, there's power, there's provision, there's unity. You hear me? Hallelujah. There's order. There's provision. It's all there. There's glory! When we're in the Spirit, but when humanity appears and the flesh appears, then... If our revelations don't go out, they at least will go on the wane. They're not as sacred and they're not as clearly understood. Let me tell you something. All of our teachings of holiness, when we're praying people, they make sense. You hear me? But you let people quit praying and get a carnal mind and it don't make a lick of sense. And carnal rationalization comes into play. And men with great swelling words that allure through the lust of the flesh start making sense to people. I'm here to tell you, we don't, we can't afford a brief walk in the Spirit. Honey, we gotta get in the Spirit. We gotta stay in the Spirit. We gotta hear the voice of the Spirit! We gotta be sensitive to the Spirit! We gotta hear the voice of the Word and the Spirit! Because they agree! Hallelujah. No revelation. Or at least it is terribly crippled. Amen. And go to uh, verse 37. And it came to pass. So now we're, on the, we're, we're working our way down now. We're coming down from off the mount. First 31 verses, you get up to the top of the mount. Well, we're working our way down now. Read. That on the next day. Next day. When they were come down from the hill. Now they're down from the hill. Much people met him. And much people met him. And behold, a man of the company cried out. 
And the man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee. I beg you, Master. Look upon my son. Look upon my boy. For he is mine only child. He's the only boy I got. And lo, a spirit taketh him. And a spirit takes him. And he suddenly crieth out. And he cries out. And it teareth him. And it tears my boy. That he foameth again. And he, he what? He foameth again. He is foaming. He's turning into a bubble machine. And he's a human being made in the image of God. And the demons are running him ragged. And it's breaking my heart to pieces. Read. And bruising him hardly departed from him. And I besought thy disciples to cast him out. Oh, oh. And I came. I'd heard that your disciples walked in the Spirit. I heard that just a few days ago, they went about by two, and they had power and authority and unity and glory, and, and, and they were preaching the Gospel, and they were casting out devils left and right. And this is the only place I know. Amen. The psychologist ain't going to help my boy. He doesn't need psychoanalysis. Do you understand? He's foaming and frothing at the mouth. And I came to the only place on God's green earth that I heard my boy could be helped and I brought him to your disciples. And what? And they could not. They who when they walked in the Spirit had power. Now were powerless. Not only were they losing their revelation, they had lost their power. We can't afford, folks, to do anything but walk in the Spirit. Can I say this here? We're fixing to go into, I really believe, I really, really believe really great camp meeting. I really mean what I'm saying. You know what I want to do, Brother Kilgore? I want to find the spigot. And I want to get under that spigot. I want my God to have His way in my life. Hallelujah. I want God to do some things in my heart in this camp meeting. Hallelujah. I, I feel like it needs to be the cry of every one of our hearts. We can't afford any more brief excursions in the Spirit. God, you got to do something with us. God, you got to talk to us. God, you got to visit your people and give us a crystal clear revelation of what it means to not only live in the Spirit, but to walk in the Spirit. When we're powerless, the whole world's in trouble. Amen. What verse was that, brother? Go to verse 45. 44. Go to verse 44. Let these sayings sink down into your ears. Now he's talking to them. Let these sayings sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. I'm fixing to be delivered into the hands of men. But they understood not this saying. But they didn't understand this saying. And it was hid from them. It was hid from them. You know something? 
Elder, when the, when the glory's there and the anointing's there, you can wade into the deepest things of God in the Spirit and people just pick it up left and right. I mean, you get to preaching something and the anointing's there and it's on you and it's on those people. Honey, it's, ooh, ooh, I got it, I got it! And they're on their feet. I got it, I got it! But you let the flesh come in. Brother, two plus two equals five, three, seven. No, wait. You know what I'm talking about? When the Spirit's moving, it clicks, it flows, it feeds. We grow. There's illumination. There's revelation. But when it's not, there's misunderstanding. And I'm going to tell you, hear me, the easiest thing in life to get with human beings is misunderstanding. And when you take the Spirit off and out in the way, that's all you come up with. They couldn't even understand what Jesus was talking about. And things that were sacred and holy were hid from Read verse 45. But they understood not this saying, and it was hid from them that they perceived it not, and they feared to ask him of that saying. And then they got into a state of mind. I'm not even going to bother to ask. And so fear does a lot of things, including quench hunger, quench desire, quench response. But remember, they're going down the back side of the hill. It gets worse. Read verse 46. Then there arose a reasoning among then them. there arose a reasoning among them. Which of them should be greatest? My land. We have stooped to this. There was a reasoning among them. Strife, if you please, as to who was the greatest. So much for unity. So much for sweet fellowship. Can I tell you, folks, the flesh is a wrecker. It's a destroyer. It's unreasonable. You can't talk sense to it. Amen. I, I, this, this is right or not, I'll... I, I'm almost to the place I'd rather deal with somebody in adultery than it's got a bad spirit. Because if it's adultery, at least you can go to the book and say, right there, brother, can you read it? But if it's a bad spirit, say, brother, your spirit's not right. What's their answer? Well, I don't think your spirit's right. And then where do you go? You can't reason with it. Now there's... There's reasonings among themselves and, and there's strivings among themselves as to who's going to be the greatest. There's a danger of taking brief walks in the Spirit. Verse 49. Listen to this. And John answered and said, and John answered and said, Master, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name. We saw somebody 
on the other side of the hill, casting out devils in your name. And we forbade him. And you know what we did? Spiritual sons we are. We forbade him. Because he followeth not with us. Because he followeth not with us. We shut that dude down. And guess what? That old boy's still as possessed as he ever was. How petty. How small. Because he followeth not with us. They would rather let a man stay possessed of the devil than let a devil be cast out of them if they weren't the ones doing the casting out. Boy, I'm going to tell you, brief walks in the Spirit manifest itself in some pretty sorry ways. Pettiness. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 53, brother. And they did not receive him. Now, he's on his way to Samaria. And they did not receive him. Samaritans didn't want him. Because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Because it looked like he was going to Jerusalem. And the Samaritans said, he's, he's going to Jerusalem. Shut him down. Read. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this. And when James and John saw this. They said, Lord, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven? Lord, we're ready. We got the answer. Give us just a little more of that power, a little bit of that, more of that authority. And we'll call fire down from heaven. We'll turn them into crispy critters before the day's over. Have mercy. You know, the last half of this message is not near as fun as the first half because you're dealing with humanity and flesh. And read what Jesus' answer was. But he turned and rebuked them and turned said... Turned and rebuked them and he said... Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. Sirs, you don't even know what manner of spirit you're of. You're ready to burn people up. I didn't come to destroy men's lives. I come to save them. I come to save them, boy. The spirit you're of, it's not of my spirit. Musicians, could you come? Hallelujah. Now, lest you think I'm interjecting a little too much. I want you to notice the last few verses. He's going to a certain village. The man came and said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus said, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another one came and he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. You go and preach the gospel. And another said, Lord, I'll follow you. But let me first go bid farewell to those at my house. And Jesus said, No man having put his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now I know I'm probably off right here. 
but you're left with an impression. By the time Jesus is done with this ninth chapter, he's as ready to get out of it as we are. It's like from verse 31 with the appearance of Simon Peter's flesh. It started going downhill from there. So that by the end of the chapter, Jesus is frustrated. You could almost say aggravated. A little on the short side. Because humanity, humanity, humanity. Amen. Brothers and sisters, what say you? Let's go back to what worked in the beginning. Let's ask God to help us to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to close with these remarks. Jesus, in the 22nd chapter of the same book, He said, Boys, do you remember when I sent you out and I took your staves and your money and your purse? Remember when I took all that? They said, yes, Lord. He said, I'm going to ask you a question. Did you lack anything? And they said, not a thing. So, gave it back. Right? Oh. <laughs> changes up on the table. Oh, I, I, know, I understand. Sorry. Okay. He said, I told you before, don't take it. Now I'm telling you, take your money, take your staff, take your purse. He doesn't mind us having things, but he does mind us trusting him. And that's the reason in the beginning of most of our ministries we don't have nothing. Because that's the time you have to learn to trust Him. And then when He starts giving you some things, He don't mind you having them. But if we ever start leaning on Him and trusting in them rather than in the living God, we're fixing to quit walking in the Spirit and we're going to end up in some trouble and some problems. Let's stand. Hallelujah. How many want to walk with the Lord in a deeper, more precious way? Let's ask God to help us. God, we love you. Help us, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, lead us in guidance. Minister, Lord, to our hearts right now. Right now, God. What do you say we all sing this together? Let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever leave me. 
make heaven my home. Oh, let's lift our hands and sing it. Oh, let me walk with you, Jesus.
like we were somebody and I have never met any more any people who give more than these people give 